Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. BTF is back. My name's Kane. I'm here with Sanj and the beautiful Goran Lonka, who is the advisor at Money Empire, property and finance expert. Claps all around, claps all around. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well done. Today, we're talking about the one and only finances, but separating. Separation finance is something that I um, have seen a fair bit of in the last sort of, well, this year probably in the first six months, which is interesting. Do you think that's on the back end of COVID and spouses having a crack at each other all day every day? Yeah, it could be. Lots of reasons, but unfortunately people find themselves in these situations and they're just going to move forward and they need advice around that. So that's where we come in. What did it say? It's about 50% of all um, marriages end up in divorce. divorce. Oh, I don't know. Separation, something like those? That's quite... 50%? Is it 50%? Actually, getting married, one two chance of you not walking down so that road. Three of us, we're all exactly. what? Yeah. Well, three of us are married, so one and a half of us will get divorced. Is that mm-hmm. yeah, maybe? Yeah. Well, Sanz has gone through a bit of his press. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm hungry. Twenty this year. Yeah. Twenty this year. Wow. Yeah. You're not twenty years old, are you? Twenty years. Oh, oh, oh I'm married. Yes. Okay. Right. right. Here's the fountain of youth, first boy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Let's you. get into it, Sanj. You've got a bit of info on this, got a background on this, not yourself personally, but yeah. just in general. Um, I know we talk about maybe a bit of a checklist from a financial point of view, but is there something you want to throw in there around, I suppose, um, yeah, separation and finances and what should take place? Yeah, look, uh, we also, I don't you remember, we also did a uh, little podcast on um, collaborative practice as well, which is something I think we need to uh, talk about because um, very hard to talk about separation and so on without the cost involved yeah um, especially around the lawyers and legal fees and things like that and everything else that, that comes along with it yeah. and um, and anytime there's a separation there's uh, one of the biggest questions well, two of the biggest questions would be one kids they have kids and the other one is around finance um, and obviously emotional um, stuff and things like that but i think it's important to discuss all those things all those topics and i think Goran, the problem is if it gets niggly in terms of the separation and they have a crack at each other and they're starting to go at it they both want to win on money yeah absolutely and again goes without saying well i have to say it so it doesn't go go without saying because i'm saying it right now we <laughs> are not it. we're not lawyers so this is not legal advice this is just yeah. our opinion on the stuff that we experience and what we've dealt with in the past and yes you're absolutely right so i mean the longer if it's not amicable if it's a really tough separation if it gets ugly and pe- people want to drag it out in terms of blame and the, the timing it's going to cost a whole lot of money. Yeah. So is that where the term of arm and a leg comes from? Arm and a leg, tit for tat, whatever you want. Okay. Um, but yeah, it can blow out. <clears throat> you've said you've dealt with a few clients yep. in this respect. We love them all. Now, tell me, what's the first thing, when they come to you, what's the first thing you talk over or you go into detail on? Yep. Because you sort of have a checklist that you talk about. Where, so go into detail about it. Every, I mean, every single one of my clients that I've dealt with in the past or I'm dealing with at the moment, at some point in time, we're going to talk about property. Whether they own a current house and what's happening with that and in terms of like what's, what they're going to get from the settlement, from the separation. Um, and then more often than not, one spouse would like the option to see if they can afford to buy out the other's share in that set property. 
based on stability for family. Correct, that's correct. If not, if that doesn't work, if the property's gonna to go to market and sell, obviously they're gonna divvy everything up 50-50. Um, they usually wanna pre-approval just to see what they can afford. Um, and then we go into little details on how long the matrimonial split up is gonna take, what they're gonna take away from the split, um, and what they really wish to do going forward. Obviously in the back room, while I'm taking care of the finances, they've got legal representation, whether it be like a property lawyer or if it goes past that to court, litigation and obviously a barrister. So long story short, it's mostly to do around property um, and also insurances. So if they've got current insurances or joint policy with the other, um, sorry, the ex-spouse, I was gonna say one or the other, but uh, they need to get that sorted. Especially if there's kids involved as well, uh, you need to update your wills straight away. And um, the, the day of separation is pretty much the day that one spouse moves out. So all of their finances should be split from that day. Right. From Including that day. Including Uh Well, no, that's part of the settlement arrangement okay. that comes in the back end. But it's that, that gives you a little bit of a picture in terms of how I deal with the clients that are going through it. So just what I've heard, you're talking about a checklist in your head yep. to do with day-to-day -day finances, yes. to do with property mm -hmm. and property agreements, to do with wills and updating wills, and obviously insurances. What about child support? Uh, child support as well. Well, yes, I include that in my calculation in terms of serviceability, but yes, child support is definitely one of the things that they discuss behind the scenes, you know, through their respective lawyers. Yeah. Okay, so let's hone in just on the property side because you are the expert in this. What, if I'm, if I'm a person going through a separation or a divorce and I come to you and I say, God, I really want to hang on to my family home. I want to buy out the other party because I want a place for my kids to live with me or when they come and live with me, it's a stable place. Lenders, how are they looking at you? Because all of a sudden you've gone from a household income down to one income. Yep, 100%. Um, look, from my point of view, that person is my client. So I have to treat them with the utmost duty of care. And everything that I do is for their best interest financially. And it, sometimes it's hard not to get sort of personally involved or emotionally involved. Um, but look, in terms of banks and what they want to do, um, in terms of how they look at it, um, yes, different banks have different criteria around this and some have more appetite than this. They're not, no emotional attachments. So in the write up to the bank and the application, I never say, oh, so-and-so has been through, you know, a whole lot of mess marriage, it, it, just clear facts. But I know a couple of different banks are more accepting in terms of applications and just because of bank criteria. So, and also it can depend on what mortgage is left on the current property that they wish to buy a purchase of, uh, buy um, the ex-spouse of. And um, that, because that goes towards serviceability, because not only do they need to get a mortgage and obtain the funds to buy out the other party, they have to um, carry that debt that's currently on the property as well. So what you're saying is that if a, a client had had a property for say 10 years and they go through a separation, more than likely they've had really good bang for their buck, had really good capital gains, mortgage might be lower than the average mortgage of 750k roughly. So you're going, okay, cool. Your client looking to buy that would take over the mortgage of 750 plus half the capital gains if that is the agreement taken in place so they're going to service that whole debt correct would you would you say that's where people possibly fall over they just think they're going to take over the mortgage absolutely more often than not that's not even an option for them so more often than not people don't even realize that's an option i go well how do you feel about the family home so 
they say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, would you like to see if we can um, give you a few options to see if you can carry the current mortgage and buy the other person? Oh, sorry, I didn't know this, this was an option. More often than not, that's usually involved because it is a family home. It's been, in the, it's, you know, that's where their kids grew up. That's, that's what they want to keep. Yeah. And that also saves a lot of time and hassle down the track. So if that current property is sold in the open market, you know, they get the proceeds of, of the split, obviously, and they have to go and look for another house to buy. Dealing with real estate agents, you've got to battle with, with the market, going through open homes, and people don't really want to do that unless they have to. And no, Wait, can no, I no. just jump in here? Yes. Um, you guys are the finance experts, which I'm not. If I ask you to back up the truck all the way back to the, the beginning of the conversation, if someone's going through a divorce separation, and talking about finances, what do you think they should do first? Um, so first things first, as I've got neatly written on my notepad here, like I said before, they need to separate their accounts from the day that they move out, okay? What if they don't move out? Uh, well, mm. what, if one, what if one person's the only breadwinner? And I've had, yeah, well that, that becomes an issue um, that they have to sort out. Um, Legally, because I've got written here um, most of the time it has to do with property, um, and they'll ask when did you get together. So if, some, if one income drops off during that time, they've still got joint property. Um, what happens to the capital gains and their share because that one person was supporting the whole family is something they have to discuss legally. Because you can imagine the emotional toll it would take on someone that they're the stay-at-home parent and the others working, yes. and that person that's working just turns around and goes. This is done. I'm leaving you, yeah. and the other stay-at-home parents are like, "Well, shit! I've got no income. Yeah. I'm stay-at-home. What do I do?" Yes. That would freak you out. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. Look at you, son. Oh, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I honestly don't know the yeah, answer. Yeah. So I think probably what you're touching on, Grant, is making sure you get in to see the right people legally. Yep. Make a plan. What would be some tips, then, son, from your point of view? going into a relationship so taking backing up the truck way back to the very start when you first meet yeah. around intellectual property and i know we're not lawyers but we're just talking out of now here and life skills what would be some of the things that you potentially would tell young people to do well look i think from from a layman's point of view it's about um, protecting your assets yeah. whether it's in a trust or whether it's once again i'm not a lawyer whether it's in a trust or whether you have the the, the right information at hand that when you when you require it down the track i think that part is really important so having an accountant having a lawyer um having talking to your bank manager those things are quite important yeah. um even from a very beginning of a of a relationship when you're going into that that kind of stuff has to be done well done properly and the people the, the reason why people don't do it properly initially is because they don't want to spend money money yeah yeah and so, and, and also, that's not an easy conversation to have when you're okay. coming into a relationship to say, "Hey, um, I'm, you know, I want to sign a prenup or whether yeah. it's whatever it is." It's not an easy conversation to have. Um, it, can, it can come back to bite you in the. I was hugely. I was just going to say, I know and wholeheartedly, um, a friend of mine's dad went through a separation years ago and they had a few properties and he got one of the properties pretty old obviously but he left it in the personal name and what happened was um he got into a relationship after um it ended up being a de facto relationship but i think it was two or three years and under the whole impression he thought that if something happens between them 
you know, the property stays as is. But unfortunately, um, that was not the case. And as the property was in personal names, they were in a de facto relationship. Yeah. Um, the other person actually was entitled to 50% of that because they were together for, for two and a half years, which was came as quite a massive shock. Yeah. Um, just because they've got no advice. Yeah. And the other part also is that adds to the complexity when you have blended families. Yeah. You know, pe people separate, they have their one person has their own kids, the other people have their own kids and, and assets and so on. Then you come to a relationship. I think that's even more important when that happens that you get the correct legal advice yeah. and to make sure that you set yourself up for the for the sake of the relationship as well as everything you bring in um, your assets and your kids and all that kind of stuff. I've got I've got one more that I'm dealing with at the moment and um, the client literally said to me this whole process is so draining. Absolutely draining. She's never had a mortgage the size of what I've got approved for her to buy out her husband. She says, well, I've, I've paid this amount of, off in the last, my three houses. Wow. And are you telling me that in order to buy my husband out, yeah. I have to draw up a mortgage of half a million? What's gonna to happen to my lifestyle? Yeah. You know, how's my life gonna, what am I gonna do? I don't wanna service the mortgage and you know, not being able to spend on things like, you know, yeah. just usual life expenses. And, yes. um, she literally said to me, this, this is absolutely draining, this whole process, even though when, when you talk about blame, that's the key. The, the key is not to get blame involved in whose fault it is. Yeah. It just, the key is to um, focus on the separation of the assets. Because yeah. when, when one party is at fault per se, or yeah. someone did something wrong, it can get quite emotional in it. But she just said to me, and I will never forget it, it's just draining, I've, I've never deserved this. It must be, it must be almost like a like a business decision, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Just, just work with the facts. Absolutely. Hard to do. Work with, work with the facts rather than the emotions. But, but, the, but the thing is, she's, she's, her and her ex-husband bought three properties in the last sort of 20, 30 years. Yeah. And they paid off the mortgages quite yeah. quickly. Yes. But what happened since then, the property values have gone up so sky high yeah. that obviously because she wants to buy her ex's yes. share yeah. out, yeah. because of the property value, yes. she needs to take up X amount of lending in order to get it done, yeah. to stay in the family home. Yeah. She is, she, she's not sure what she's going to do. Wow. It's pretty important, no matter what you do, to get some really good advice oh. early, legally, financially, especially when you're new together or you've been, been together for a while and you're looking to buy maybe a home together, one person brings 300 grand, the other person brings 50K for a deposit, huge outlay of balance on what's happened, and then normally, if it goes pear-shaped, that person that put in 50 wins, and the person that put in 300 loses, effectively. So you've got to be clear on those. Whether you want to go down the, the um, route of a property agreement or a prenup, that's up to them. But I think for the people to know what the worst outcomes can be, because that will set them up right for what they want to do. Wrapping this up, tips, tricks, summary of what people should do. In here and now, They've made all the bad calls, they haven't got anything in place, and they're going through a financial separation. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that they've got legal advice, or not? They, they haven't got legal okay. advice yet. Yeah, um, reach out to any um, financial advisor just like myself, because I mean, there's so many lawyers out there, and, and again, people always think about, oh, what's this gonna cost me? Mm -hmm. But 
lawyers, people have got to remember, just like we are, they're normal people as well, but they specialize in areas more so than some don't. So it's key to get a good lawyer. If you can't get, get it done through a property lawyer and it goes to litigation or a barrister, you need someone that's going to represent you. And once this is done, that's all cleared up, you need special advice on what to do next once this is wrapped up and you um, on your next stage of life if you buy another house. Yeah. That's key. Yeah. Very key. And I think Sam's on that. Um, engage with a financial advisor early to know what you can and can't do. Because yeah. like you mentioned before, Goran, a lot of people don't know that they can actually potentially buy it and the other person keep the home. Mm. And I know that's happened to you on a few occasions, Goran, yeah, where you help clients do that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really key to get the right advice and wrap around you. Well, look, I think it's right advice and right advice as quickly as possible, yeah. as soon as you can, whether it's at the, at the beginning of the relationship or whether it's at the beginning of the the end of the relationship, whatever it is, get get that information now, get that that um, the, the, the expert advice now so you can plan towards your next stage, which is, you know, which in itself is, I'm sure it's a bit scary, yeah. frightening, but also you need to make sure that advice is there so you're actually taking the right steps rather than guessing. There's a lot of things to consider. Like you said, child support, what's going to happen to the kids. Wills, they need to be updated. Insurance policies. Someone that's paying 500 bucks a month with their spouse or ex-spouse now, that's going to, if you don't do anything about that now, you're trying to seek a pre-approval through a bank to help you out for your next purchase or your buyout, yeah. that 500 bucks a month still carries that weight of serviceability with the banks. Yeah. So if you split up, and obviously you don't need as much cover, depending, because everyone's different on agent stage and what your financial situation is, yeah. get your insurance policy sorted ASAP. Yeah. Brilliant, my name's Kane, so I'm sitting in for ESA, and the Money Empire, property and finance expert, Goran Ronka, see him, believe him, he's real, Where's he's got the there? facts, we love him, over. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.